Today on the show, we talk business, art, restaurants with the great Phil Romano. How's it going, everybody? Jason Croft here, the credibility craftsman. And today, I have spent a great afternoon driving around with Phil Romano. Most of you will recognize that name as the restaurateur, entrepreneur, artist that he is from concepts like Macaroni Grill and Eatsies and Fuddruckers just to scratch the surface of, of what he has going on. Um, I'm not going to go into a big long intro here because so many of you are familiar with who he is and, and we spend so much time digging into what he's got going on but also mindset and the tactics and the real principles behind what he does and how he's he's passed those on to his son and you know real insights like that that I certainly have been able to take away and I think you will as well and I, I want to thank Bubble first off before we dive into the interview Bubble is a ride-sharing platform with drivers made up of retired and off-duty police officers. If you've seen past episodes that they've sponsored or with Paul, who's been on the, the, the show here, right here in this great Bentley that they provided today, I want to I wanna thank them for helping facilitate this, this great afternoon and this wonderful interview with Phil. And I want to thank John Selzer from Septariat. Um, he helped arrange all of this and, and make this interview possible. So without further ado, let's dive in with Phil Romano. Phil Romano, welcome to the show, sir. Okay, good to be here. The man, the legend, yeah. Phil Romano. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a legend of my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, that's, that's great. I'm in good company, this is nice. There you go, we'll get along good. <laughs> I appreciate so much being on the show. I, I oh, good. For the, the two and a half people out there that don't maybe don't know who you are, um, Macaroni Grill, Fuddruckers, massive restaurant, just entities. Nick and Sam's here locally. Yeah, Nick and Sam's. Eatsies. Eatsies. I don't know if we have enough. We might run out of time on the show to list them all. Oh, good. I forget them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But the big giants of of restaurant. And, And most recently, Network Bar, Trinity Grove, near downtown, Right. place I really want to dig into and, and, and speak sure, to sure, today. Sure. But all of that, something I didn't know, shame on me, until I really started looking into more about who you are as the artist that you are. I'd love to, to hear a little bit about where that came from and, and how, where that's evolved. I don't know. You know, I, I kind of kind of always liked art, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, I never took any classes, but... Uh, I traveled a lot. I like to go to museums and look at stuff and galleries, and I see something, I have to buy it, you know. But <laughs> when I go to all these galleries, you know, I look at it and see it and say, Gee, you know, uh, a person did that, you know. Why can't I do it? So I got some canvases, you know, and I started. Somebody just kind of showed me how to use the medium, the, the paints. Mm-hmm. I started off with just acrylics, and um, it, you know, I kept doing it, just kept doing it, and until he started to look halfway professional, and I started giving them away to friends and and uh, put them in their offices and stuff. And then 
about 10 years ago, I met this guy, J.D. Miller. J.D., yep. he's got a, he had a little gallery and he wanted to expand. And, and I said, well, I got a lot of my art and I don't know what to do with it. So he, you know, he came by and looked at it and pretty impressed with it and said, hell, he said, that's pretty good. He said, let's open a gallery together. That's wonderful. And I said, okay, but you know, I never charged anybody for my art. <laughs> it's and, time to uh, change that. <laughs> time to change it. So anyway, he, he taught me how to use it. He was good with oils and just reflectionism and all that stuff with the oil. So he um, he taught me how to use oils. But wow. I did it I did it a little different. I'm, that's, that's Every time I do something, I, I, I got to have a point of difference. It's got to be different <laughs> and unique. That's what appealed to me about being interviewed in the car. Right. <laughs> different, you know. Yeah. And uh, it appeals to me. So anyway, uh, so I, I do an acrylic background, and then I put oil on top of it. Oh, wow. So, okay. so you can put oil on top of acrylic, but you can't put acrylic on top of oil because right. oil moves, it never dries, a long time drying. So and it, and it had a you know, good effect and people liked it and people buy my art. But it's funny, I, you know, the first time I was going to charge people for my art, the big question was, you know, how much do I charge for it? What do I charge? And it's such an arbitrary amount, right? Yeah, it's, and I said, you know, I started, I opened a gallery 10 years ago, so maybe that's almost, almost 70 years old. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't have the time to become a, a real good, a great artist or a good artist, so I'm just going to be one. So, I said, <laughs> so the first piece I, I did, I, I sold for fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, that's beautiful! And now my pieces are going for probably thirty thousand dollars. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's, it that's worked wonderful. out good. That's great. I, 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 something in that, from the from the moment that you started with that, something you said with your interpretation, right? Like you saw this art all over the world and you made that translation that you know just somebody did that that means it's possible i can do that yeah right and so i think that that seems to be a common theme across the board because you have to have that mindset in business i think so many i think so many people look at a restaurant look at any other kind of business and think that's it's just a different animal some other other kinds of people do that, not me. And it takes that kind of mindset, I think, to jump in and go, I'm, I'm sure I could figure it out, and then and to jump in. Do you think that was a similar approach in the beginning days of business? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do things because it makes me feel good to do them. You know, it makes me, mm-hmm. I do a piece of art, and the art makes me feel good. So I'm saying to myself, well, if it makes me feel good, it's to make other people feel good. When I do a Western concept, you know, I'm, I'm it makes me feel good. It satisfies me. And I think it's going to satisfy my customers, too. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, art, I kind of, I, I still do it a lot. In fact, I just did a, a commission for University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Oh, wow. That's a piece that's five foot high and 15 feet long. It's going in a new building there, their uh, hotel restaurant school building. So anyway, you know, I... I I keep on doing this because, you know, the business world and technology is passing me by. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy and I don't have time to learn that stuff. I got better things to do in my time than, than learn how to work a computer and do all that, that, that bullshit. So what I end up doing is is hiring somebody else to do it. Sure. Why should I have to learn it? There's people out there that do that for a living. I use them. Way more efficient. Yeah, it is. And, and, and so I, I use... You know, I use people to do things that I, I don't like to do or I don't want to do. 
Um, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. And that's, you know, it's funny. It just stay on that subject for a minute. You know, I had, when I was young, I was about maybe 30 years old, 28, 30 years old, and I had a restaurant in Palm Beach, and I became partners with this guy, a venture partner with him. I never worked for anybody since I got out of college. But I, this guy here is a, became a friend, and he's a big developer, and, and so I, we started developing restaurants together, you know, a joint venture in them. And he had this industrial psychologist come into his office one day, or he hired him to kind of check all those people out. You know, I think he wanted to fire some of the guys, and this guy would help him right. <laughs> pick out the ones he should fire. Right. So anyway, so he said, this guy's name is Judd, and I think he's dead now. But he said, uh, you know, I got, I got this guy coming in, I got an extra spot. It cost me about $20,000 per person. He said, why don't, you, why don't you do it? Why don't you talk to him and find out a little bit about yourself? He says, uh, and they said, well, he's going to tell you about, about me, ain't he? Yeah, I said, well, let me, let me listen to what he has to say about you because you're my partner. I said, okay, no problem. So we did it. So I did. So the guy came in and he spent almost a month with me on and off, coming in every day for a while, you know, and, and then you know, have dinner with him. And he talked to me, you know, because my restaurant was kind of a kitty corner across the street from, from his office building. Okay. So he was there for, so about ready to leave, he said, okay, he said, uh, Walked in my office one day. He said, "I want you to take this test." I said, "Sure." So he put it on the edge of the desk, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it." He said, "Come back in about an hour and a half." And he said, "You're done with the test?" I said, "Yeah, it's right there in the corner there." He said, "Okay, thank you." He said, "I'll be back in about a month, and I'll tell you all about yourself." <laughs> I said, "Okay." So um, came back in a month, and before he started, he said, "Let me ask you something." He says. Remember when I told you how to take that test? I said, yeah. He said, no, you didn't ask me any questions about the test. You didn't ask me what, you know, wrong answers, right answers, what it's about, you know, and how's it going to be graded, nothing. I said, well, I didn't think I had the need. I needed to. He said, well, another question, let me ask you. You know, you only answered about half the questions. I said, well, the questions I answered, were they right? He said, yeah, you didn't miss a one. He said, well, why should I answer the ones I don't know? <laughs> I said, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. You know, in life, if I come at something I don't understand, I don't know, I could help. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't make mistakes. You know, so I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. Some said, "What do I attribute my success to?" I always say, "Well, by understanding what I know and understanding what I don't know, and when I start doing something I don't know, I get back to doing something I know real fast." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's, I think there's so many key lessons in that that. You know, it sounds simple, and yet it's so many people waste so much time doing things that they think they should do. Well, I should know how to do the accounting in my business and all of the, you know, and instead of just like you said, go full force in your strengths. And it's, I mean, I think it's fine to, you know, you find those new areas in life and maybe you build a strength there, but overall, you know, if you're, good with people you're going to approach this if you're good with technology you're going to approach it this way so i think that's i think that's that's really key well you know it's um when i was going to college you know i i barely got through college though i make a great grade but i got through and and uh and it's funny i i all the a students you know all the a's i made and i made 
out of seas, <laughs> some a bee once in a while. But all the A students, you know, well, it's funny. Most of those guys work for me. I hire them. Right. They become accountants. They become doctors. They become lawyers. You know, I pay those people. Absolutely. Because I start business. I use them. So what I've learned in those is who knows what and who does what and how do I use them? How could I use them? Yeah. And I use them because they're they're smart. Absolutely. Okay. No. Well, may say they're intelligent, but the difference between it, I, like I tell my son, my son goes to college. He goes to Syracuse University. He plays lacrosse up there. So I said, Sam, you know, I want you to go to college, but when you go, I, I don't care about you coming back and being a, a super intelligent guy, you know. I said, well, what I want you to do is come back and be a smart guy. <laughs> smart guys get places, intelligent guys probably end up working for the smart guys. Right. You know, so I know that's intelligent guys. street they, smart. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Be smart. Be, know, be able to know what to do with what you got. Yeah. You know. That makes a lot of sense. So, I, you know, but anyway, back back to my art. I was talking about my art. Mm -hmm. So I, I stay with my art because it's, it's going to serve a purpose for me. You know, I kind of try to plan ahead. And it's like I said, technology's passing me by. I'm no longer going to be, able, you know, be able to be competitive in my, even in my own businesses with my people. You know, they're they're ahead of me. I can't. They're talking about all kinds of stuff that I don't understand. Okay. Sure. So when I get to the point where I'm no longer could no longer give them the proper knowledge or the wisdom, you know, and I say, okay, thank you very much. You take over everything, you do it better than I could. You know more about it, you know more technology, that's the way the world is run now, so run it. Mm -hmm. But then I go off to my, my uh, studio, my loft, and I paint. Now, I'm still doing something they can't do. Yeah. So it makes me feel good, I'm accomplishing things, I get to start it from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. And, and I, you and leave. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I get, and I get, I'm still creating things. You know, that's the thing about art. I end up do a piece of art. And sometimes I, I I work on it, you know, and I work late at the studio, and I come home, and I can't wait to get back there in the morning, and I clear my mind, and I walk in and see how it makes me feel. Mm. Like who? And I walk in. Oh, who painted that? Where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, wow, that's good. You know, it's a, and I and I you know I kind of appreciate it, and I say, wow, that's 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 good. And what I like about it is that it it ends up kind of I get energy from it. Interesting. I get energy going from, I like primary colors, I get energy from going from one color to the other color. Mm. And seeing it and going like that from it. And just, so, you just sort of, really a gut feeling kind of way of like what's gonna, what yeah. feels right and what, that's and interesting. I, so, I, so this is what I'm still, you know, that's why I'm doing my art and still doing my art. Oh, yeah. So I got something I can do and still satisfy a need. And what an additional legacy and very tangible one to leave as well. You well, know? like I say, you know, not if I die, but when I die, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not going to need a tombstone. I got all my art around. People remember me by. Yep. I got everything I've created. You know, I keep telling people, you know, I'm a, I'm a mad person. I'm very mad. I, I get up mad in the morning. I, I'm, I'm angry, mad, mad. I miss okay. mad. I get up and I'm mad. And I hope I'm going to make you mad today. I hope I make you mad. I see how many people I can make mad, you know, and at nighttime before I, when I go to bed, I, I think about who I made mad, it makes me sleep a little better. By mad, I mean M-A-D, make a difference. Ah, uh, awesome. I get up in the morning and say, how can I make a difference in my life? How can I make a difference in somebody else's life? How can I make life easier for somebody? And this and that. And I, I do this by, by being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Again, your strength. Yeah, my strength, I mean, I, my strength is, I, I, I want to, what I do, I, I solve problems. 
I look at what the people need, what they want to have, and I try to create it for them. I mean, I wouldn't make, I wouldn't be very successful. I did something that people didn't like. Right. I, so I solve their problems. I make life easier for them, make more, life more enjoyable for them. I make life last longer for them because I get into the medical, some medical stuff too, you know. Right. Anybody asked me what's my, you know, back, back to being mad. I, I just want to make a difference. I want to leave the, leave here a place different than it was when I got here, a better place. That's beautiful. Like that. So I, yeah. I, 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 this is what I do. So I went through three phases of my life. My first phase was I wanted to make money. You know, money's power, you know, and this and that stuff, and you, you know, flex about it, you like it, you know, and all that stuff. Get the things you need to have. But when you get enough money, then you start doing things for, for social recognition. Everybody sees what you're doing. Wow, that's good. Look sure. at that. Look at that in a nice building, that stuff. So that's the second phase. And the third phase in your, in your life that I'm in now is the intrinsic value. You know, I, I do things today because it makes me feel good to do them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing good with them. Yeah, I'm making, making a difference. Making a difference, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what I'm doing. So I'm making a difference and, in and my think, life and people's lives. And I think to be doing what you're doing now the best way possible, I think you have to go through the other two phases. And I, and I know there's variations on all that, but I, I see the value in putting your head down, going full force in that first phase, so that then by phase three, you actually have even more of your time, energy, and resources to commit and to make a difference. Correct. You know, it's, um, you know, if, if you don't do it, it's, it's like, you know, if you don't have your fun before you get married, then you're going to probably not have a very successful marriage. <laughs> so you gotta, you got to go through these phases, you know, and you got to enjoy them, and, and then you, you go on to your, so you're doing one. Because when you get in the third stage, all of a sudden you start thinking about making a bunch of money again, and it messes up what you're trying to do. <laughs> Interesting. So you go back to that that realigned focus of okay, let's, let's let's get back to making a difference. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that's great. People say, "What's my what's my my greatest accomplishment or or, or concept?" Okay. Well, my okay, my my greatest accomplishment is my son. I mean, wow, he's you know I'm so proud of him. He's a good kid. He's, he's turned out very very well. I mean, there's nobody that's met him and. Didn't like him, and just just a great kid. It's wonderful. And uh, number one, but number the other was not my restroom business, but I, I got involved in medical device. And I, I brought the heart stent to the marketplace. That's right. A couple of doctors came to me. I just got done with Fuddruckers. Had a bunch of money, you know. And what, what am I going to do with it? So I, the first time in my life, I started investing in other people's ideas. Which is hard to do because I thought I had the best ideas. <laughs> but these two doctors, young doctors, one was a, um, a um, cardiologist, interventional cardiologist, and the other one was a uh, radiologist, but he was, the, he was the brains behind it, Julio okay. Palmas. And Richard Schatz was, uh, was, a, was a cardiologist, and he was going through his fellowship at, uh, at uh, Fort Sam Houston. So I'm... I'm uh, I just got done with with Fuddruckers, and they pitched this deal to me. To, uh, Richard did at the country club. I was a president of the country club, and they came up. He started, you know, we had dinner. And he talked to me about it. Mm -hmm. I said, "Well, I'll go down. I'll take a look at this guy's what this guy's got." It was at the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio. So I went there and I looked at it, and the university didn't want to fund it anymore. Yeah. And he showed it to some other major companies, you know, and they didn't want to do anything with it. So I looked at it. 
you know, and I liked it. I liked it because it had it had sex appeal. I said, you know, I said everybody's got a heart. There's a big, big, sexy market out there, and there's no solution for the problem. So yeah. what I'm going to do if this thing works, it's a solution, and it's going to, you know, make a difference. Oh yeah. So I invested two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I handled all of the business part of it, and I own. 30% of it. So we took that little heart stent and we started, you know, figure out what we could do with it. And we ended up, Johnson & Johnson ended up buying it from us for, they paid us $10 million cash up front with, with certain milestones. Mm -hmm. And within a year we hit all those milestones. And then we got a royalty, I negotiated the largest royalty, I think. Uh, Johnson Johnson ever paid out, they paid a 10% royalty on the peripherals. I mean, on the uh, coronaries, on peripherals, it's about 6%, as I recall. Okay. So anyway, you know, and then after about six years, they wanted to kind of buy the patent from us. They wanted to change the royalty thing. I said, no, because they just had the rights to the patent. I said, no. So they said, well, then we'd like to sell the patent to us. I said, okay, so they paid us another... Uh, $250 million for buying a patent from Very us. Very nice. So in total, I think we made about eight, maybe seven or eight million dollars, a hundred million dollars, seven or eight hundred million dollars on on um, a $250,000 investment. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, so that was, that wasn't a bad wrinkle. That was good. <laughs> yeah. But, good that, but, but what's good about it, the money is good, but what Anything you do, the value of what you do decides how much money you're going to be making on it. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of that. Right? That's a perfect example. You know, it saves lives. Yeah. In fact, I got two of them in me. Wow. Yeah. This, this, wow. Is, this was 25 years after I did it. Okay. <laughs> it's like going back and eating my own food 25 years after I cooked it. But you I, saved I, you know, your own yeah, life. I, I got a summer home up in, in Skinny Atlas, New York, on the lake, you know, and I, up in the hilly, hilly part, and I'd run every morning. I'm still running, run now, but I, I was running then, and, and man, it just kind of hard to take a deep breath, you know. And I felt like I had a heartburn, so I, I called up my cardiologist here, <laughs> named Mark Jenkins. He said, "Mark, I said I'm, I'm, I think I need one of my stents because he's an <laughs> interventional cardiologist, you know." And so I told him, he said, "Wow, get on the airplane, come on down." So I flew down the next morning, got here about seven o'clock in the morning, went to the hospital, and and. Uh, by one o'clock, I had two stents in me. Oh my goodness! Then the next day, I was on the airplane back, <laughs> back to, to New York. back to New York. You know, and uh, that's incredible. <laughs> got a, had a private plane at the time, so I could I could go and come when I wanted to. Yeah. So anyway, I went back there, and, and man, I, and about a week after that, I was running up the hills again, like like I was 21. Wow. You know, and um, but you know, it was a wake up call, and I started you know taking care of myself a little mm -hmm. better than I was before. Yeah, I did the trick. It's it's interesting. Something you you, you spoke about with your art, and, and I think carrying over into business is you know doing what feels good to you, what feels right, and then that's probably going. There's going to be somebody else who likes that as well, and I think that's an interesting approach, both in art and business. Finding that middle ground between what you're interested in, your passion, 
because it's got to resonate with you or doesn't make sense to go forward. But then also, when do you start taking that input from potential clients or potential patrons of your art or, or how does that, how does that mix? Well, you know, I just, uh, I figure out what they want to, what they want, what they want to see, what they want to do. I mean, I remember like in my restaurants, I think each one of my restaurants is a piece of art. When I put nice. it together, the way it looks, the way it looks, the way it yep. makes people feel. There's an art the way to, to make people feel a certain way, and that's what my art is. So I, I used to go to movies when I was young, you know, and, and doing restaurants and going crazy with things. I'd, I'd go to a movie, and I'd, I'd go in there, and the place would be jam-packed. You know, every seat would be taken. You know, I'd see what's making these people come to this movie. Why are they here? Yep. Why, they, why do they like it? Well, they liked it because there's high energy in there. The shoot 'em ups, you know, Stallone and, and all that kind of stuff oh, yeah. going forward, you know. They like that. They like they like energy. You know, so the music blasting and food out there hot. People see it. And and I I, I think I brought to the marketplace the um, open kitchens. Mm -hmm. you know, I started all that to get the energy going in the restaurant, you know. People want to see the kitchen. And, uh, you, you have a, a party at your home, you know, party and everybody's in the kitchen always yeah so you know that's okay i'm gonna put my kitchen and so it's visible the people can see it happening yeah. see the cooks see all the way it's being done yeah, so, smart. so yeah so uh, you know again i got that energy if you don't want energy then go to a funeral home and eat <laughs> right you know but I, I put energy in it people want energy and 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 and, uh, and and it's funny you know one guy one time a guy came up and wanted wanted a job want to come work for me and uh, I said, okay. I said, um, I'll tell you what. I said, uh, before you work for me, before I hire you, I want you to go out and go to all the busy restaurants in town. Go to four or five of them. And I gave him some money to go. And I said, I want you to come back in a week and tell me what they all had, all the good restaurants that are busy, what they all had in common. You tell me what they all had in common. I don't know what he was going to come back with, you know. I didn't know the answer myself. So he came back and said, okay, you go to him. He said, yeah, which one did you go to? And he named them all. I said, yeah, a good restaurant. He said, good. I said, well, what did they all have that was in common? He says, noise. I said, that's right. I said, you're right. I said, without noise, who makes noise is people. So without people being in there, there would be no noise. And it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. There's no noise. People, that's why people are in there, you know, and they... And they're making the noise, so they, they must be successful restaurants. Oh, yeah. So anyway, he said, yeah, it's good. You know, and so he, he, he just came up with what I didn't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. looking for those. But that's, that's a lot of what you're saying. You take those cues, whether it's from another industry, from movies, from something else, and you see, like, well, this is being successful, so obviously this is what's missing here. Combining those two things, bringing... Yeah, that's being that's being creative. It's like mm -hmm. taking a, a two glasses of water. One's got green in it. One's got yellow in it. You know, and you, you got two different glasses. You mix them together. You got a third color. Yeah. But you created something that wasn't there before out of the two that were there. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a little bit of like creativity and, and going with it. But there's what what I try to do is is every time I do something, I I try to have a point of difference. Okay. You got to have a point of difference. If you're on a street with 15 restaurants on that street, what's going to make the people come to your place? What's going to be different about yours that's going to attract them? 
What's your point of difference? What's unique? What are you doing that, that that's different than everybody else that's going to attract these people? Oh yeah. So even even your your personality, you know, you got to have a point of difference. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I I kind of you know back to my son. You know, I kind of raised my son like a business. <laughs> I I said I used to drive him to school every day. You know, that was it. I had him for about maybe a fifteen minute, twenty if there's traffic. Yeah. And every day, I said to myself, you know, I, I got my son here, and, and I got a chance to brainwash him and make him a, the right kind of person. Yeah. It's like, you know, wow, I, I should have talked to my son about drugs, you know, I never brought it up, stuff like this, you know. So right. I said, well, I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm going to talk to my son. And I, I told him, okay, Sam, his name is Sam. I said, Sam, there's, there's five things that you have to do in life, I think, in order to become a good person, okay? And I said, here's what they are. And this is when he's in, in preschool. I started with him like that stuff, oh, you know, and I brought cool. him all the way up. And, and I said, number one, I said, you got to have principles. And we talked about principles. I mean, a principle decided the principles were doing what you said you're going to do, sticking to your deal. Yeah. Second, I said, you got to have responsibility. You got to be responsible for making the right choices, and responsible for the consequences that come from not making the right choices. And number three, you got to have integrity. You got to be honest. You got to tell the truth. You don't lie, and you don't lie to yourself. Okay. And number four, you got to communicate. You got to tell people how you feel. Don't let them tell you how you should feel. Oh, you voice great. your opinion. You say, "Hey, I feel this way. I, why should I feel the way you want me to feel? I feel the way I feel this way. Right. This is what I am. This is who I am, and this is how I feel." Or get stuck with. Somebody else's interpretation oh, yeah, of how then, you then feel. Become yeah. a, then you become a follower instead of a leader. Yeah. Then I said, okay, the fifth thing, there's three things in the fifth thing, in the fifth item. There's love of God, patriotism, and charity. you got to have all these, Sam. And I said, if you have these and you believe in them, you have them, you know, you're going to pick friends that have the same thing. You don't want to pick a friend that lies to you, doesn't believe in God. You don't want to pick a friend that has no principles, huh? You're going to pick the same kind of person to be friends with. And I said, furthermore, I said, they're going to pick you as a friend. Now you got a peer group to exist in. Okay? Oh, now you got a good good people you're going to be hanging around with. And you you understand what, what what character is, what people is, and people's personalities. And this is what this is what you got to do. In fact, any good business that's out there today, have got to have those have that same value system in order to be a good business. You know, and I said, these are, these are important things for you, you know, and, and all. And um, so I want to, I want to step further with, <laughs> I made him an organizational chart for his life. <laughs> you know, the way, you know, organizational chart. So in the very top, I said, your health. Ah. Without your health, you can't have anything. So you got to take care of your health. Yep. You got to do things to keep you healthy, okay? So your health is very important. The next thing you come down the line, goes all the way over to the left, and the first thing you got there, the first box, is your parents. What could you expect, and what do you get from your parents? Well, you're probably going to get your value system. You're going to learn how to be, you know, functional. Okay, they're going to give you all the things you need to get through life. They're going to teach you to be independent. Okay, that's what they got. That's that's what you're going to get from your parents. 
less love and all infection and all that stuff. Now, then the next one is academia, school. What are you going to get out of school? Well, it's going to teach you how to, how to function, learning about the world, learning your, your ABCs, your arithmetic, your, all that stuff, how to function, what you're supposed basics, to know, the, the basic foundation yeah. for, for learning. Okay? You're going you're gonna to do all that. And it's going to you know, teach you to, to understand the world, uh, teach you to, how to make a living someday, uh, how to get to college. It's going to get you all these things, okay? It'll get you to think a little bit, reasoning. The next one, your girlfriend. What's that going to do for you? Well, it's going to teach you about companionship, you know, about love, affection. It's going to teach you how to treat another person. You know, it's going to experience happiness, memories. It's going to give you all those things. And then the next one over is athletics. What's that going to do? Well, that's going to keep you in shape. That's going to keep you healthy. It's going to get you in college. It's going to teach you about team sport, teamwork. It's going to teach you to be a winner. It's going to teach you to uh, give you prestige, you know, give you working together, you know, for a goal and working hard. And, and you work hard, you get what you want, you, you, you win, you be a winner. That's what it's going to teach you. And I said, the last one over there is your friends, and the last box is your friends. Now, what are your friends going to give you? you know, they're going to give you a lot of memories, companionship, camaraderie, uh, and, and enjoyment. That's where you're going to spend a lot of time. Now I said, that's, that's good. That's going to get you, maybe it's going to get you out of college. Then I made another one for him. Now, this is, you're, you're done now. You're ready to go. Your parents aren't so important to you anymore. They've done their job. They're there for you. In case you ever need them, they're there for you. And that's, you're there for them. Your turn to help them. But that's your parents now. They, they've done their job. You're functional. You're out there working. The next one is academia. Academia becomes your job, your career, what you're going to do every day. Your, your girlfriend, that's going to be your unit, your family unit. Okay, that's going to be your, your wife, your kids, your children. That's going to be your unit. Absolutely. The next is, is um, athletics. That's what's going to keep you in shape, whether you're playing tennis, running, jogging, whatever you're doing, swimming. It's going to keep you in shape. That's, that's important. And I said, the last one, your friends, that's going to be your life. That's where you're going to exist. You're going to go to their, you're going to go to their weddings, their funerals. You're going to be in business with them, partnerships with them. You're going to go to their, you know, with their kids. You're going to have kids together growing up, going to athletics together with their kids, reaping success together. All that, that's, that's your life. Oh, yeah. Now at least you got a, you got a roadmap for what and how to use everything that's out there for it's you to so use. So valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's good. He uses that. Yeah. In fact, I, I got it printed up for him, you know, and all that stuff, and he uses it. He's, um, you know, he talks about it too. He understands it. But anyway, That's so great. So I, I put a lot of time and effort. But when you look at it, you can make all that stuff relative to to a business. Oh, of course. You know, you know, which I do. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny you're talking about businesses. I think it's easy for me to start businesses, okay? Because I I go out there and I look for a problem that I'm going to satisfy. And I come up with a solution for it, and I execute the solution, and I've got a business. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to be as successful as it is satisfying people. Right. It's not a. It's not. I don't think about making profit when I open up a business. What I think about is giving the people something they really need to have. That's a service motivation. Mm -hmm. You give. You don't think about profit. Think about service. You make twice as much profit. 
Interesting. Okay. Makes sense. And, and, and that's what I do. And, I, and, I, and you know, the measure, the measure of the success of what you got, it's sales, sales, sales. Okay. And, and you know, I always say, in the absence of sales, there's nothing but pain. But sales are very important. So when you open up a business, don't worry about making money. Worry about making sales. Get sales in there. Get as much, get, peak out as much sales as you can get. Peak out. After you get it, you get it to where you make it. You can't do any more sales. Then you sit back and say, now how can I make the maximum amount of profit out of these sales? Interesting approach. Because so many people jumble all that into one thing. Right. Yeah. And right. they get, and they get, they get impetuous. They get, they get, they get impatient. They get, they, it's not working because I, I you know, I'm, I'm, what are thinking about making too much profit, not making, yeah, get satisfying that, the people. Get that transaction down first yeah. and get that perfected. Get the sales and then you, then you, you make money if you get the sales. Yeah, that's so smart. Tell me about your, your latest with this, because this is your latest idea with Network Bar. I think it's... Well, let me, okay, well, let me talk about Trinity Groves first. Please. That's where, that's where it's at. Please do. You know, again, you know, I'm on that making a difference deal, and I I'm, saw all these rumors about the bridge and about Trinity, it was happening. And uh -huh. I, so I, I got a friend of mine, his uh, name is um, uh, Stuart Fitz. Got our sons played ball together, athletics, and went to school together and graduated together and everything. And he, um, we've been in business for 20 years now almost. Okay. That's how we met. We met on the soccer field. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, um, I called Stuart one day. We were in some other businesses together too. And I said, Stuart, I said, you know, we ought to go start buying land on the other side of the Trinity Basin. Because I think that's probably the only way the city could grow. Yep. He says, you know, says, I know somebody that's just buying land over there. He says, his name is Butch McGregor. He's in partners with some guy, and he's, he's been buying land over there. And he goes, his kid goes to ESD. I know him, and I know his kids. I said, let's give him a call, and let's talk to him. So we talked to him, and he's working for this old Lebanese guy. Name is Tish, Trish, Tish, I think. And they had, they were buying residential instead of commercial. They're buying all residential there. They had about 500 to 600 homes. Okay, on that side of the river. Yes. So we said, well, dirt, let's, you know, it's, it's land. There's land underneath those homes. So let's 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 start see if he wants to sell. So we talked to him and and we negotiated the price for the whole deal. We thought it was fair, good price. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought it was. A lot less expensive than I thought it was going to be, and so we get ready to close and get everything all done up, and ready to close. Now Butch was a partner with him, Butch owned one third of it, or yeah, yeah, twenty-five percent of it he owned. So it comes to the, it comes to the uh, ready to go with it, and closing, and at the eleventh hour, this old Lebanese guy said, you know, he said. You, you guys look like you're pretty smart. You know what you're doing. He says, uh, if you're that smart to buy it, then I'm going to be smarter and not sell it. Oh, no. Yeah, so he's not going to sell it. <laughs> oh, no. So Butch jumps up and says, well, heck, <coughs> then buy me out. I want to get out. I want to I do it. So he says, okay, I'll, I'll buy you out at 25% of the price we agreed on. So I think the guy was trying to get the price low enough so when he bought Butch out, it wouldn't be so, so high a price. <laughs> but anyway, so Butch said, okay. So... 
Butch got out, and we got, we got a whole Butch. said, okay, Butch, I said, you want to, we're going to start buying over here. Talked to him a little bit. Just commercial property on, on uh, Singleton. Because yep. there's rumors of the bridge coming over and it's going to come right down Singleton, it said. But, you know, when you're talking about what the city's going to do and what it does, it's two different things. Sure. So, but we're going to start buying land. If, it, if the bridge is cut, how much there is, if not, we'll just take this land and, and start developing it, you know. Uh, so we got Butch and he threw his money in with us and, and uh, whatever he made on that he threw it in there so and Stuart and I put a bunch more money in but so we're we start buying commercial property there and we started we bought some of that stuff pretty low it was a really distraught area yeah. there was uh, you know I mean there was nothing down there except dog and trash and cats and, oh yeah I mean it was bad and uh, but we bought with the location what it did have was a view oh, had a view of the city yeah yeah very panoramic view of the city so we, we started buying land some we got it some of it we bought for two and a half dollars a foot <laughs> and we just kept buying land and and uh I remember we had about maybe 30 acres. I called up Tom Leffer, who was at the time with the mayor, a friend of mine. I said, Tom, I said, why don't you come down and show you what we're doing down here and give me, give me your opinion. I said, what we want to do is something the city is going to want to have happen because we want to go down here and be in conflict with the city. We want to do it in concert. You know, we kind of, it's our city. Grow together. Go together. Yeah. You know, a nice public-private endeavor. So he came down, he looked at it, and he got very impressed, and he said, wow. He says, whatever you do down here, he says, it's gonna change what's gonna happen along the Trinity Basin for the next 100 years in Dallas. It's gonna make a big difference. Wow. And he said, what, he said, you know, he said, wow, he said, I advise you guys, I just keep on buying. I'm not doing it, you know. And he said, if you could, if you could, uh, Park them. You could build it. No problem. We like it because we're very afraid that this is going to be a bridge to nowhere. Yeah. In fact, we're going to call the place nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> we sit in the chains of Singleton Boulevard to Nowhere Boulevard. But anyway, so we took it and we started making things happen down there. It's buying property. Kept on buying it. Mm -hmm. And we decided. No, no spark of an idea. It had some floating around, like what it might. Be or turn into. Yeah. Let me yeah, let me tell you what happened. So we just kept buying, I'm buying mode, you know. And you know, it's like we ended up with almost 100 acres. Wow. And we, you know, it's like a dog catching a car. What you do when he, when he gets it, you know. Right. So we had all this land, and you know, we had some ideas and all this stuff. So we did it. We did a charrette with the University of Texas in their. Uh, in Austin, their architectural department. And they brought in, oh, about six or seven urban designers and architects from around the world. That they did Vancouver, the Olympic Village in, in London. They did uh, St. Petersburg. They did, uh, you know, they did some very, wow. very exciting things. Mm -hmm. The top-notch people. So they came down with a team, each individual that six or seven meetings 
And every time they came down, I had the city manager or some of the city economic people come down and, and understand uh, the value of what was down there, what it could, what it could become. Yeah. So they came down and they all got very excited about it. They said, wow, this is a, this is the right place to be. This is this be the new crossroads for the city of Dallas. Get very excited about it, and they come up with some good ideas, which I'll tell you about. But it was funny. But they got very excited about it. But the local locals, local developers, it didn't intrigue them at all because that was West Dallas. It had a stigma. Right. You know, all they did was come down there for a raised gunshot. You know, so they were just they were just boo boo. No, not not for us. But these other guys were very very excited about it. Ninety from out of town that saw that was excited about it. There was there was nobody that accumulated a critical mass of property, all contiguous, that close to the downtown area. Oh yeah. So wow, you know, they were pretty impressed with it, and they made us feel like, you know, we really owe a stewardship to this thing to make sure the right thing happens here. Yeah. You know, so we went on that basis again, trying to do something good, making a difference, you know, in this area. It's like building another part of, of, of Dallas, the city. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then Mike, Mike Rollins got involved, got elected mayor, which is a good friend of mine. I helped him get elected, I think. And so he was, he understood it, he supported it, and he was good enough to put it in, smart enough, I think, to put it in uh, the South Initiative. Wow. Okay, so he put it in the South, South Initiative because I didn't think anybody was going to go down the South Dallas to see what was happening down there. Right. <laughs> but they're going to go over the new bridge and they can see what was happening there. So they see that his, his developed south was working. Right, exactly. So that, that, worked, right out. There. Yeah. Yeah, that worked out good too. So here we are with all that and they came up with some pretty good ideas we had. One was to make the whole area a new financial district for the United States. We got the Federal Reserve right down the street. Oh yeah. It's in the middle of the country. Wall Street was going to, you know, crap in a handbag up there on Wall Street at the time. Dubai was going good. We said, wow, you know, why don't we get some of these international banks to come in here? All the banks in the United States come in, everybody that comes in here, and they build iatonic buildings, and, and we'll name it something that's synonymous with, you know, the Wall Street and the whole area. And, um, and uh, we got you know, great development. Well, that's good. That has a 20-year a horizon on it. And the other idea they had, well, let's make an, make an area and make it all premium green, non-carbon. All the major companies in the United States that want to make a statement in non-carbon, premium green, put their buildings there. Oh, yeah. Go off and take uh, Microsoft and all the, all, the, all the technology people, let them come up with uh, technology energy efficient technology. They could keep all the I, the IP on it. Right. Just we just want to use it. We, what we want to do is make a model for the world. We're, yeah. we're in Texas, we're in the energy capital of the world, you know, why don't we do this for it, you know? Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and, and do that, make a thing, a great idea. But again, a 20-year horizon. So we started thinking, well, what could we do? What's a short-term idea? something we could do out here, a short-term idea that doesn't interfere with the long-term ideas. So we said, let's, let's uh, come up with that. So that's when we come up with 
with Trinity Groves. And it started like, I think that's now going to be our long-term idea as well as a short-term. Uh, but uh, what we did was, you know, we had that land and we were talking and I said, you know, I come from a restaurant industry background and my industry is changing because of the millennials. You know, so I started studying the millennials a little bit. We all did. And finding out that they don't like anything that we did, anything we left them, they don't like. They want something completely new and different. They don't like our food. They don't like the restaurants they've been going to with their mother and fathers and their family for all these years. They're bored. They're tired of it. You know, yeah. they want something new and something different. All these casual restaurants, man, it's like, like it's blurry. They want something new and exciting. Right. They, they want to mark to their own. Yeah, the they same want, thing everywhere. Yeah, right. yeah. They want to mark to the beat of their own drum, you know. Mm -hmm. They want to be, and again, if you start talking to them, they, they're technology hounds. They like to discover something and, and, and make help make it make it successful. That's true. They yeah. go to places in groups. They they uh, they they don't dine. They eat. They uh, dine in groups. You know, and they share their food. They all that kind of stuff going for it. And um, a lot of them, you know, weren't working. They're living at home. Also, if you can't find the job, then create a job. So I'm saying, you know, what these people need, we need new concepts. We need concepts for the millenniums, for the millennium. I mean, they, we got we go out there and we could get. I call them new people. All these millennials, I call them new people. <laughs> so let's create new concepts for new people. And let's. So looking at it. Who better to create new concept for new people but new people? They know what they want. I don't know what they want. Right. So right. You see like the a, need out there. Yeah, we but, see yeah. yes. So we we got them involved. Okay. We we got we got a committee together and then we start we start doing like a shark tank. Got the word out in the industry and we start interviewing people. But we got it and we, we took the the first thing we developed out there was the was the uh, Trucking terminal, that's where all the restaurants are all we lined all the way on down there. The trucking terminal. So what we did was we got that and we, we put twenty five hundred square foot units in there, plus outside dining with the patios. We had as many as twenty we built on that thing. Wow. And um, so we said, Okay, you know, we made everybody compete for those locations. And we said that you, got, you can't put more than $500,000 in the finish out. It's got to be owner-operated. It's got to be, it's got to be uh, unique and different. Okay. And it's got to be, um, got to meet certain sales. They had to be do $2 million in sales and they had to uh, hit certain profit margins. Awesome. Okay. And we'll give you a unit and there's no, there's no uh, liabilities on the lease. You can walk anytime you want. Oh, that's great. So, and, and this were these is, like places, and this was start from scratch concepts? Yes, start from scratch, it? not okay. one that's been around. Okay. So now we get them in, we, get them, we interview them, we get them in, we talk to them about their concept. We like their idea a little bit, you know, got a little committee there look, talking to them. Like their concept a little bit. Okay, next step, we make them do a five pager, make a business plan, plan do a five pager. We taste their food two or three times in our restaurants. We got the kitchens, taste their food, you know, how they want it to look and the whole deal and all that. Then we, then we get them there and we say, okay, 
we check them out pretty well and uh, make sure they're capable to do what they say they're going to do. Mm. And then we say, okay, um, you give, we'll give you a location. First thing, they throw their hands up there and say, wow, you know, I don't have $500,000. I'm a new person. Yeah. We said, we anticipated this. <laughs> so we went out. We started an entrepreneurial fund. We got businessmen in Dallas, myself, my partner, other, other friends, vendors, people that are investors in groups and stuff. We put together about $14 million. Wow. Okay. So when a person would come up and make the presentation, we said, okay, what we'll do, we'll put up the $500,000 in your concept, or less, whatever it's going to take. If we do that, we'll own 50% of your concept, and we'll be the and we'll be the um, the uh, partner, the uh, major partner. You know, we'll, we'll control it. Yeah. We'll make make sure you do the right things there. So they come in, and we help them build it. Get it built. We got all the contractors build it to their likes and dislikes. Taste the food. We help them do it because they never done this before. So we do it, and they come in and they operate it. We charge them a five percent management fee, which is two and a half from them, two and a half from us because we own fifty okay. percent of it. Right. We'll be the, the general partners that we will be. That's right. Okay. So, and we say, um, and and. We will also charge you a six percent of your gross sales. So if you're doing business, if you're not doing business, you're just paying six percent of what you're doing. So it gets you started. Yeah. Okay. And then if you start doing big time, we still get six percent. And our goal is to create these so they're they could become restaurant chains because they're you know twenty five hundred square feet plus the outside five hundred thousand dollars finish out. Doing two million dollars a year in sales, I mean, you get every every developer in town want to put one in this, in this center. Oh yeah, you get a successful concept. All of a sudden, and you just... all of a sudden, bingo, you're doing. It. We're starting to do that now with these things. So this is what we're this is what we're shooting for. So it's it's creating opportunity in business, putting young people in business. Oh, yeah. And I don't care what's say. It's it's the, the velocity of small businesses being created. Is that the is that that's the essence of of our economy? Oh yeah. Okay, and today there's probably more businesses closing than, than or it's done different now, but before when we were doing this stuff, there's more businesses closing than being open. Yeah. And we're there to help make them successful. We're there it's to help them. restaurants. The whole deal. And they're going. So we, um, so we, we got them going. The ones that didn't do it, we just, they were gone. We got, yep. They got the hook, and there are people standing in line to come in and back of them. Oh, I bet. And um, so, it, and it's funny, the, the, the fund has about a, Almost twelve to thirteen percent return on the fund. Oh, it's beautiful. So they're doing good. They're happy. Oh yeah. We're happy, and we're starting to now move some out. Nice. Expand out of Trinity Grove. Yes, yes. And we got some. We got some real surprises in there too, which is nice. And it makes you feel good. Again, the feel good deal and traffic right. value makes you feel good because you're you're creating careers for young people. Oh yeah. What are some of those Jobs concepts careers. that have that have worked? Oh, we, we got. Well, we got the ones that really surprise us. It is um, the, the cake bar. Mm. She was uh, she was cooking in her in her home for doing cakes for occasions, you know, wedding cakes. And, mm -hmm. 
birthday cakes and stuff. And she came in and, and she presented what she was going to do and everything else. I was skeptical of it. So was Stuart, you know, we were looking at it in that group. But we said we had some smaller spaces, so we divided one of the spaces up and we gave it 950 square feet. I designed the way it's going to look inside, open kitchen, they could see it, and the bar the way it comes across and sit tables there for the, the desserts and cakes. So we opened it up. And it was a little bit of a twist. Instead of cupcakes, we did slices of cakes, and we sold whole cakes. You get ice cream on them. They had cookies and stuff. Today, this lady, we're building her, her couple more places right now. We got in the locations for her, nail them down. But she does about, and, and this is on 950 square feet. Last year, she did almost $2 million wow. in sales. Oh, that's beautiful. She made about, she made over $600,000 of half. We get half of it. Oh, but this is man. from nothing, you know? And, and from an idea of... <laughs> but, 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 yeah, just hard work, good yeah. idea, hard work. And we gave her the opportunity to become what she is. And, boy, she's really, really good, hard worker, smart, really good. So we're moving her out. And the other one is the one next to her, Kate Weiser's Chocolates. Mm. Okay, and she came to us again. She was working as a chocolatier. Have you? Well, that's the... The car's, the car's telling us something. I don't know what it is. We got gas? We got gas. Huh? I don't know. Huh. We'll, keep, we'll keep going. You have to be more specific, car. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kate White. So Kate Weiser. Kate Weiser. Kate Weiser. Kate Weiser. She, um, she came to us. She's working for... She's a chocolatier. She went to school and all that stuff. Working for somebody. She says, I want my own place. And came in. And uh, she convinced us with the chocolate she was bringing us every day. <laughs> and, and she got a great personality, a pretty little lady, young. I think she's probably maybe 22 maybe when she came to us. Oh, my goodness. And uh, she, she had that passion, mm -hmm. you know. And her, and her candy was like eating the art, <laughs> you know. So she came in and, and again, 700, I mean, 950 square feet. She does over $2 million a year in sales. Goodness. In fact, we started doing some pop-ups. We got a pop-up for in, uh, in uh, North Park, just outside of uh, Neiman's. Oh, got beautiful. Her, her product there. And uh, now we're building more stores for her in, in Fort Worth. And uh, so she's going and going. And these are good. she's going to be a brand just like the cake bar. And then we got some other places you know, that, are, that are that are ready to be moved out too. Oh, that's Not so moved great. out, but we build more of them. We we'll right. keep them there and then move right. them out. So, so, uh, so it's essentially an incubator there. We're incubating, restaurant, restaurant incubating restaurants, starting jobs, creating opportunities. You know what's funny? I, I used to give a lot of before we open up, give a lot of talks about what we're doing down there. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know. What we're doing, again, is we're creating jobs and opportunity for young people. You know, we're, we're doing something for the economy, something for our our economy, our country. Yeah. And I said, and we're creating concepts for the millennials. They're going to be here for a while. They're new and different. So I used to go out and give talks and speeches. And I said, you know, you could go any place in town and have dinner and eat and have a good time come away happy and what have you done in the end you made the proprietor a little more money you helped make his business successful
You're making proprietor a little more money when you eat any place else but Trinity Grove. But when you eat in Trinity Grove, you get the same thing. You get great food, you get great atmosphere, great food, people down there, but you get something else. You get more bang for your buck. You're helping some young person create a business. Oh yeah, and a life. And help put somebody in business, a career, all the people he hired have. We created 1,500 jobs down there. Wow. Okay, doing what we're doing there. And that's, no, that's making a difference. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be there for a while, making a difference in all these people's lives, you know, and going oh, forward. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is what really gets me excited about really what we're doing down there. Oh, I love it. Such a great concept, yeah. great idea. Because it is, and right now the restaurant industry doesn't know, right? I mean, we've got giants closing down every day trying to figure it out and what's the next thing because I think it's, I think it's a, a very important component of it is that next generation coming. They, they operate differently. They want something different. And these chains, I mean, the headlines yesterday, Applebee's, IHOP, they're sure. shutting down all these. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so I think I think the... New and different. Everything, everyone wants something new and different. I think that's why there's so many divorces today. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's got something to do with it. But it's, um, it is. It's uh, You want more out of life and variety and all that happening and, and places to go, something to eat, more experience, better experience. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I choices. Love you want choices. Yeah, for sure. But well, I love well we still got choices in America. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so that's that's Trinity Grove. Now, the network bar. Let me talk about that a little bit. Again, that's a concept that that's satisfying the need. Mm -hmm. I think there's a real need for that. I do too. You know, you get. You know. All these business, when these kids get out of college, and businessmen in general, you know, how do they, you ask them, how do you network? Well, I, you know, I network, show you the phone, they order the phone, the internet, that's how they network. Because they, they're pounded like you, they, they know they need to. They need to, they need right. to, they just don't know how. Yeah. So this, this network bar is really a networking tool. And I started looking into it. There's so damn many networks in Dallas, they're all over the place. And they're fragmented, they're like fraternities. One doesn't talk to the other, <laughs> right. you know? And so they never get to see that exposure and everything else. So I said, well, I'm gonna do a place that's gonna be like like the United Nations, but it's, instead of countries, I'm gonna have networking groups in there. They use it like their, like their country club. They're there, mm -hmm. okay? They're there. And especially, like, like, for example, you know, you take young people that get out of college, they start working for a major company in town, their employer wants them to network. How do they network? How do they get to know people? How do they get to meet people? You know, how do you get to get the movers and the shakers? Well, you know, one, they, they, they can't, they don't know how to even communicate anymore. They got to do, they communicate with their thumbs, you know? Right. They can't talk, they can't have a conversation. So, and, you know, they're, they're, they're too young to join a country club. In a lot of places, especially for the women, it's not a safe place for them to go. They go to these bars, you know, what do you, you don't know what you're going into. Yep. It's not a safe place for women especially. Yep. So we said, you know, we need to create a, a, a concept that's going to kind of service that need. Mm -hmm. Again, nothing's going to be successful unless it's servicing the need. And boy, we got a nice, very successful. This is going very good for us. You know, and um, so we said, you know, there's, there's a, 
trying to make it kind of quasi-exclusive, exclusive to, to the business people, exclusive to, to doers, people that are doing stuff, no matter what age. So we, um, we want to kind of make it exclusive, make it, it's going to be easy to become a member, but it's going to be very much more easier to get kicked out. <laughs> so what we've got is our medium age right now in there is, uh, I think, 43. Okay. we got 30% women. Nice. And that's growing. Very good. It's, yeah, every, day, every month we sell about another maybe 80 to 90 memberships a, a month. Wow. That's and right great. Now we're, we're, over, we're just almost 600 members we have already. Goodness. And you just opened October? Uh, we September? opened yeah, at the end of uh, in November. We opened. Okay. Even, even more recent. Yeah, but we, we got the ball rolling after we Yeah. Ex going. So, explain the concept, the, the actual okay, so business what happened, model. What happened? Yeah, the business model is this. We came in, made it look very nice. It's 8,000 8, 8, square feet. We've got a, a nice-looking bar, a long bar down one side, a lot of room for standing around, talking, communicating. Um, we got all one big room. When you first come in, it's a, like a nice big lounge, you know, bar. And uh, it's got all this restoration hardware furniture. Very nice. All low tables, nice lamps, you know, very nice. Brick, old brick walls, sandblasted. Got great art on the walls. All the art is uh, African animal art from this renowned artist in my gallery. Uh, David Yarrow. Oh, wow. um, so it's really, uh, it's, it's got a very nice look to it. Low ceilings, nice, not not too dark, not too light, just right. And then we got a dining room. Up on the second level, we got a dining room. Seats about 120 people. Okay. We got meeting rooms. The meeting rooms are very comfortable meeting rooms. We close them off. We got one of the walls in the meeting room is all that black iron. You could use it as a blackboard chalk on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I got all the latest and the greatest video stuff on there, you know, TV and Wi-Fi, all that is there for you. Stations, you know, plug into. And we got a fire, we've got one room with a big fireplace in it where you can sit around and, and, and use that. So what we did, we made it all nice like this. And then I said, well, I don't want everybody in here. I just want the right kind of people. Yeah. So we put a lock on our front door. And the only way you could get in was with an app on your telephone. Now, what do we, how's that work? Well, we charge, for the app, we charge $500 a year from 21 to 30 years old. From 30 years old until 70 years old, we charge $1,000 a year. And everybody, anybody over 70 years old, they get in a free membership under four conditions. One, They've got to have had a successful business of some magnitude. They've got to be a, they have to have been a, an officer in a major corporation, or they had to have to be a professional. Now, they also got to buy a junior member for somebody. Five hundred dollar membership. They got to buy for a younger person. Then they got to volunteer to be a mentor. Perfect. Now, what happens is. All these old guys, you know, and I'm, I'm one of them, but they they want something to do. You know, they they Again, still want to be they the, still the, want to be needed. You know. Yeah, they're in and, that stage in their life, like you yeah, talked about. Yeah. Like you're. They want to do something. They want to yeah. give back a little bit. And they had mentors, and they remember their mentors. 
They want to be remembered as a mentor and help somebody. Why not? Make you feel good. Make God happy. So you know, this is what. So we got those in there too. So it's it's we got about five percent of, of uh, over seventy in there. Very and nice. The medium age now, I think it's 40, 42 years old is the medium age in there now. Wow. And then we got you know uh, and that. The creating that that dynamic that and really fueling that dynamic to yes, have that but, whole range. But else, what else we do? The, the app works pretty neat because you get the app, you come up, come up to the, the front door, and, and, and you know we got a desk out there, the lady to help you. But the app, on the app, you just got a thing. You slide it, slide it, and the door will slide open. Nice. Now before you come in, even if you want to, or while you're at home, you look at the app, do it. And you can see who's in the who's in the bar. Ah. Everybody's got their picture, their profession, what they do, mm-hmm. what their specialty is, and where they went to college. Very and nice. I got some talking points you can meet, communicate. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is we have we have a um, uh, besides you know that mentorship program, we also have we have lecture series coming in there. People coming in and giving lectures, oh, and lectures from how to, you know, we just had one last night on cybersecurity, and we got we got them on how to manage millennials and how to, you know, everything that you want to know about business. We got business people coming in doing yeah. these things, and uh, you know, people that are, give lectures, they come in just to get the exposure, and people are learning. Okay, then we have a we have fireside chats, we post somebody that's active in business, young guy. Going, doing stuff, really doing well. We have them come in there, we post them, and the first 25, 30 people that come in sit down in the fireplace room and have a fireside chat with them. They could ask questions. Then we could tell them how he became successful, what he did to get there, what he had to do. You know, success stories they hear. They got to hear it. They get educated. They understand it. That's what they need to oh, need yeah. to hear. You don't get this in college. You don't get that. So that that's their two form. And they can answer questions back and forth. And then we have. In the lecture series is funny. We got, we have um, a um, a deal like like uh, book tours for all the business books. Oh yeah. We got a book tours. They come in there and they have their they have a they come in and give a little speech and then they they have a book signing and all that stuff. People come oh, out for that. Great. But how the mentor system works is like this: the mentor program. Mm-hmm. If a guy's having a problem, he's uh, say he's, he's 50 years old, you know, and he's, his business is growing like crazy. You don't know what to do with it, you know, how to do, what should I do next? What should I do? Well, he, he fills out, uh, you know, uh, his problem, you know, gets out the forms, fills it out, mm-hmm. and we got facilitators there. They take it, figure it out, and they'll pair him. You can't go directly to the mentor, but the facilitator can. Ah. And we try to pair him up with a person that's in the same business, successful at it, mm-hmm. that this guy's having a problem with. That's great. Now but still having in, that middle person in between. To make sure that they get connected. Yeah. And maybe it's two people they make meetings with, you know? So this mm-hmm. guy gets some insight of what he's supposed to do. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the thing about it, is that, say he goes in and, the, and this, this mentor's talking to him, and he's doing, the mentor says, wow, this kid's got a, this guy's got a, got a, a good, Good business, you know. Or this girl's got a good business, you know. She's, but you know, she needs help. 
and eight times out of ten, it's probably financial help. Mm-hmm. Now, they're that that good of a business. The, 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 the mentor, maybe he wants to put a bit of money in it. Or we got angel groups that will finance it. We got we got people like Tiger Twenty One has got kind of first preference on some of that stuff. There's the networking group in there. But we do some angel investing with them. Oh, that's great. So there's there's opportunity. You know, if you're in business, this is the thing to do. You get you get insight, you get input, you get you get advice, you get maybe even even monetary support if you got a good concept. Oh yeah, all of all the all the all the ideas and everything that's happening today are coming from young people. It's their market. It's their bandwidth. They understand it. We don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you've got mentoring going. <coughs> Both directions. Yeah. As far as both ages. ways. Yeah. But that's that's it. Now, you know, every time you create something, if it's successful, you got to figure out how you're going to grow it. How are you going to protect it? And the best way to protect any kind of concept that you got out there is through market penetration. Mm-hmm. Got to penetrate the market. There's all this stuff, the trade dress and all that stuff you do, but it's market penetration. So how are we going to penetrate the market with this concept? Well, here's one of my ideas. I license it. Because we know how to do it now. We'll license it to, a, a, like, maybe it's the Mar- Mar- Marriott Autograph Hotels. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be allowed to put one in every city where they got a, house, where they got a Marriott uh, Autograph. Uh, yeah. We go up to help, make them, help build it for them, help get it going, because we know how to do it. We did it here. Now, they're going to, that network up there is going to have available to our network in here, down here, and down here will be have their network available to us. Let's say a guy up there in, a, say it's in Atlanta, he calls up and says, hey, I, could you set up a meeting? I'm a developer. Could you set up a meeting with the, the economic um, uh, council member, somebody down there in economic development? And we got two of them, three of them that are members, okay, and, and, and the mayor even, you know. So it's so okay, and, and, a, and a commercial developer, I mean, a commercial um, realtor and a commercial bank up there, that kind of stuff. So we'll set it up, and you come down and you got the meeting. Oh, yeah. Don't it's, it's, don't. it's helping business here, it's helping business, and, and this guy's going to be gonna... doing business here when he comes oh. down here. So they want this, you know, we want a good business down here. You know, we have people down here. And same thing, we want to go up there, we call up there, and we got all that, all the resources available to us, that's everybody so that's great. in there. And not just expand city by city by city. Then you got then you're networked all over the country. No matter where you go, you got that network. Oh yeah, place to go, place to have meetings, the people to meet with. And when you're going, when you're traveling, where are you going to stay? You want to stay at the Marriott? Why? Because they got a place that's there. That's just like there's people like me there. Right. In that bar, in that place. Now, you know, the only way you can become a member, by the way, is to is to be recommended by another member. Oh, interesting. So if we get bad people in there, hey, you, you got to blame the membership. Right. But if they're bad, they're not going to be around anyway. We, yeah. we chalk them right out of there. Right. It prevents we got to save for the women. Like the women are in there and they're at the bar or in the place and there's a guy that's really hassling them, you know, drunk or just obnoxious. Or if, a, if a woman's obnoxious with a guy, you know, sure. just put out their phone and they flag them. Management comes right over there and we deapitate them. <laughs> wow. That's a that's just that's a, so it's a amazing safe place. Concept. Yeah, it's a safe place. But that's that's the network bar, and, it, uh, and the food there. Now we got, <coughs> you know, we got a, a restaurant in there, and the food is a, a little like a little steakhouse there. And I got um, my own Nick and Sam's. So we've got the 
I got my sous chef that's been working for me at Nick and Sands for, or under under Samir, my head chef there, the chef, for uh, two and a half years. So he gave him a chance to be on his own. So we got him down there. So the food is food as good as Nick and Sam's. There's less noise and. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, and we, we, with that, there is a tool because people just don't want to come in and say, businessmen say, let's go in and have a few drinks and talk some business. No, it's not, they don't do that. Businessmen don't do that. They go out, let's have dinner, a few drinks, have dinner, and have a little business meeting. Oh, yeah. And we got the meeting rooms and all that stuff for them, too. Have that full everything. Oh, I just, I love how rich the concept is because you get little pieces here around town you know of well yeah it's for networking it's there's a membership and stuff but it's so well thought out and layered in all of those those components to really facilitate have you seen the way it looked Look. i haven't in, in person just online some, some okay it's online yeah on our website yeah networkbar.com no just put network bar not the network bar okay. it's networkbar.com yeah, yeah take a look at it in fact you want to come down i'll, I'll bring you through it yeah i would love to yeah it's you hooked up. That sounds awesome. Well, this is this has been uh, fantastic. What what's the best way for folks to kind of kind of get involved and follow along with Trinity Groves and Network Bar? Certainly, head to the website and, and check it out. Well, everybody does everything through technology today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jump online. I used to yeah. Connect. I used to just call up or go down there. Now that people do it differently today. <laughs> yeah. You could turn here if you're going back. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time. Okay, Phil. This has been fantastic. So, such rich lessons and and all of this. I really, I really appreciate you being on and and uh, helping out my audience and, and taking those oh, good. guiding principles through there. Well, I hope give some people some insight and ideas. Absolutely, that's great. And I want to thank Bubble for the nice Bentley here as well. Bubble, they drive wonderful um, young folks around with their retired and. Off-duty police officers. That's a good idea. Provided this, this help facilitate this whole thing. He's facilitating a, a problem or taking care of a problem, right? Oh yeah. That's why it's doing so well. Thanks, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> Take care. Wow, I I really appreciate Phil spending that kind of time with us and really digging into each of his latest concepts. Plus, you know, taking us back and and digging into to you know, what motivates him with his art and um, with his son and, and just everything across the board. Just just so wonderful. And I hope you got as, as much out of that as, as I certainly did. Um, it was a great afternoon. And make sure you go check out certainly his two latest endeavors, Network Bar and Trinity Groves. Just some incredible concepts. I'm, I'm really excited to check out both of those even more in depth um, and really experience what, what they're all about. I think, I think it's, a, it's a genius concept on both of those, the incubator and the, the networking experience that, that he's built there. So make sure you go check those out. And if you like episodes like this, make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, subscribe there, leave us a review. Helps us get found everywhere. And we'll see you next time. It's Saturday night. It was Saturday.
Saturday night and I'm feeling kind of silly with a coat on cause the air was chilly but I'ma make my way out to the record spot gotta find some new breaks for the beats to rock I gotta come with the flavor like some lifesavers or now and later start the beat maker if I'm a player it's like you take that and if you miss the gig then take a rain check stacks of wax piled high to the ceiling need a U-Haul truck if I would think about stealing but it's not my steed so I commence with the digging no kidding something that'll keep the beats hitting what I'm getting so much to choose from bro